Welcome to a little bit of Florida here in California. Is that, let me tell you all, yard work is the family business. Hi, Musketeers! Hi, baby! Let's exercise! Welcome to Sound Stations. Please pick up a pair of headphones and be seated. W Radio, your information station. Hello and welcome to the WDW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 393 for the week of February 1st, 2015. I'm here to help you have the best possible Disney vacation experience and bring you a little bit of Disney magic wherever you are with this podcast, videos, blog, live broadcasts, special events, my books, audio tours, and more. Whether it's your first time visiting or love the history, details, secrets, and stories, there's something here for you. You can find out more by visiting www.radio.com or subscribing to the podcast in iTunes. So this week, I'm going to answer more of your questions as I go through my inbox. We'll discuss things like celebrating Walt Disney's birthday in the parks, renting watercraft at the resorts, dining with a large family, a new Disney theme park, the best and worst cast member jobs, Disney details in the UK pavilion, how to get from here to there, and then I'm going to ask you to share one food item from each of the four parks that's your favorite. I'll then have the answer to our last Walt Disney World trivia question of the week and pose a new challenge for your chance to win a Disney prize package. Also, learn how you can help support the show and be a charter member of WDW Radio Nation, where you'll have access to exclusive content, rewards, events, and products like custom Magic Band covers, monthly scavenger hunts, logo items, discounts, special call-in shows, and much more. Find out more or join for as little as a dollar per month over at wdwradio.com support. Stay tuned for more announcements and your voicemails at the end of the show. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WDW Radio Show. When I set out to write my first book about Walt Disney World back in 2003, it wasn't just for a personal challenge for myself to see if I could write the book I wanted to read, but I really did want to help you, the listener, have the best possible Disney vacation experience. And that is what led to the discussion forums and the website and the podcast and the videos and the events and all the things that have since become WDW Radio in the past decade. And I like to try and help you not just uncover and discover the best of the best and the overlooked experiences and things to see and do. And look, who am I kidding? Clearly the best places and things to eat in and around Walt Disney World. But I also like being able to help you with your individual questions. Like I like to be the Radio Shack. This is an obscure reference. The Radio Shack of the, the podcast is you've got questions. We've got answers whether they are about travel planning or saving money or things to do or where to eat or the history or trivia or where to eat or 
what to eat. So I continue to invite you to email me your questions to lou at wdwradio.com so that we can answer them on the show. And this week, I'm going to open up the inbox once again to help you plan and hopefully plan others as well. And when I open up, virtually speaking, the inbox, it really is like a treasure trove of email goodness with questions literally from around the world, which I think is so very cool. And like Forrest Gump's boxes of chocolates, you never know what you're going to get, including some very bad impressions, which I almost just did of Forrest Gump. Unlike my killer, Samuel L. Jackson from last week, my Frozone was spot on, I'm just saying. But when you also give Becky Mankin from Mouse Fan Travel the mic, the same is true. You're not always sure what you're going to get. There's like a 95% chance it's going to be something really good like dark chocolate or caramel or coconut. But there's that off chance you're going to get that weird fake cherry filled fruit filled creamy thing that only your grandmother likes. But I digress. Let me welcome <laughs> my my friend and the the owner friend. and and the, <laughs> the the biggest piece of chocolate in the box from Mouse Fan Travel, Becky Mankin. Wow. Now, see, I was ready for you to do the Guido to your Luigi because Guido's so cute. But you didn't. You had to go to chocolate, which of course means that you started out with food. Right I out of the gate. I started out with food, and I'm um, hopefully we're going to continue on through the email and. and I really randomly select these things, and the fact that they often turn to food is you not necessarily me. always my doing. <laughs> this really does scare me because <laughs> I don't know if this is going to be the cherry gooey stuff that sits. You know, did your grandmother have that that dish that had the candies in it that were there like for 17 years? No, but there was always like <sighs> the Whitman sampler, but without the cheat, yes. cheat sheet. So you didn't know. And then you had to take a bite. And then she's like, well, you took it. You got to eat. Okay, and you're wait like, a minute. No, were you one of the people that picked one up and like bit from the bottom and then put it back in? Well, you strike me as that kind of guy. You know, because <laughs> if it's not, if I didn't like it, I wanted to share it with others because like yeah. some attractions in Walt <laughs> Disney World, not everybody likes it, but it, chances are it's somebody's favorite attraction. Right. Yeah, see what you did there. Uh-huh. See, <laughs> like my grandmother thought that rum raisin cherry vanilla ice cream was what everybody wanted on their birthday cake, and I'm sure it was somebody's favorite. It just wasn't mine. And this is way too much discussion about food and my grandmother. So let's Go. get right into the emails <laughs> for this week. It says, uh, "Hey Lou, love listening to the podcast. I love your love for Disney, and my question is." Does Walt Disney World do anything on December 5th of every year? I was going to ask you, Becky, what that's for, but obviously it's to acknowledge the birthday of Walt Disney. They are going to Walt Disney World uh, later that day this year, but was wondering if they do anything sort of as a nod to Walt for his birthday. Michael Lau would love to go down a little early so he could be there that day. And, you know, I I hate to say this, and I hate to sort of start off on on a down note, but... Unfortunately, other than maybe a a few individual cast members that might wear a happy birthday button that says happy birthday, Walt, they really don't do anything in the parks. I would love to see something in Magic Kingdom and or Epcot or even the resorts acknowledging Walt Disney. And I was disappointed years ago when a group of us were out to lunch on Walt's birthday, a sort of a little mini birthday celebration, and... We were talking to one of the cast members, and they didn't know 
that it was Walt's birthday. So that kind of disappointed <gasps> us. Yeah, we're like, it's oh. your boss's birthday. And they're like, it's Michael Eisner's birthday. We're like, no, it's no. Walt Disney's birthday. <laughs> but I would love to see, you know, because we, we've done actually shows in the past about, you know, finding Walt in Walt Disney World. And I would love to see them have some type of acknowledgement or a special, you know, with the maps, have like a special handout, maybe about the history of Walt Disney or a birthday cake celebration or a special, oh, how about this? I'll bring it back to food, a special Walt cupcake. <gasps> no, have, wait, tomato <laughs> soup and grilled cheese or like the you know, saltine crackers and chilies. Yeah, like have a Walt food at one of the restaurants in Magic Kingdom. See, that would be awesome because, of course, it's it's December 5th, so it's the most wonderful time of the year to begin with, and there's so many celebrations and things going on, and Disney's all about celebrations. It is kind of perplexing that they don't acknowledge, you know, the person's birthday that started it all. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to have a, we're gonna hmm. celebrate Walt's birthday. There we go. I think Walt we should. So, so Lillian, in an interview, had talked about, you know, they said, Walt, he said she said Walt was a very basic guy like breakfast he was eggs toast orange juice maybe sausage lunch sandwich milk coffee he always had coffee for lunch and obviously we know he liked you know his crackers and he liked his chili and and things like that so that's what we need to do is like chili and beans at you know maybe liberty tree tavern because Walt was all about america and we'll have our i'm gonna i am gonna mark this down in my mind and do something special for a, a culinary tribute to walt disney on december 5th I think that's a great idea. You know, the, the place that I do know kind of does a little bit more celebration is the Walt Family Museum. They do a little nod, of course, to Walt, but of course not in the parks. But that's just another excuse to go see a wonderful museum about a wonderful man's life. Uh, to, to quote uh, Jack Shepard, we have to go back, Kate. We need we, to go. We had our group trip, what, two years ago, I guess. So we went to, we did a WW Radio troop out, yeah. trip out to the Walt Disney Family Museum and, oh, the sourdough bread in San Francisco. <laughs> back to food. Move on. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I'm so distracted now about the chili. Uh, all right. So Mark Desiderio from Fremont, New Hampshire says, hey, Lou and Becky, I'm a longtime listener. Love the show. The listener sh- email shows are my favorite to listen to. Oh, see, I like this guy already. <laughs> I don't even know what the question is. I like this guy already. <laughs> and wait, I like him too because my question today is about recreation and food. Of course. I'm planning a nine-day no trip in 2015 with my wife and are staying at a one-bedroom room at Bay Lake Towers. I dig it. I want to plan a calm and soothing afternoon midweek during the vacation. We're thinking about renting a pontoon boat at the Contemporary and bringing lunch with us, possibly to go sandwiches and or salads from Contempo Cafe. I think the pontoon boot may be too big for two people, but with the benches, I think we'll be more comfortable sitting and enjoying lunch. Have you ever driven these boats? How easy are they to captain, handle, and dock? Also, are we allowed to bring a bag lunch on the boats? Again, love the show. Look forward to hearing my question answered. Again, thanks again. That's Mark Desiderio. I love this question because I and I like the idea that Mark is looking to do things outside the parks sort of it's off the radar i think becky for a lot mm-hmm. of people you know years ago actually you joined me we rented a sea racer and we did a video at the contemporary of taking out a sea racer boat and if you visit wdwradio.com slash sea racer s-e-a-r-a-y-c-e-r you can watch the video of us sort of tooling around on that little two-person boat but i think the idea of 
taking out the pontoon boats or doing fishing or uh, the specialty cruises is one of those things that people so often overlook, but it's a really nice, unique way to see and experience a little bit more about what Disney World has to offer. Yeah, when you haven't, when you've been there and you've done the parks, and when your first few times, you're totally focused on getting to the theme park and doing the rides and going through everything. But there's so much to do outside of the park gates that really truly make it a resort experience. And this is one of those things: the pontoon boats or all of the the water recreation. I mean, there's parasailing. There's all these other pieces, and it really does have a lot of. Um, a variety when you go from the little two-person sea racer, which, by the way, you scared me to death a few times <laughs> going towards the ferries. But then again, I didn't drop the camera in the water, so it's a good thing. All the way to the pontoon boats or, you know, if you're trying to celebrate something special, there's also the yacht that you can uh, rent as well. And those are available during the day, as you said, or for the specialty cruises at night. So there's a lot of things that you can do that's outside of the park gates. And I think you're right. A lot of people overlook those things because they're so focused on what's going on in the parks. And I think what Mark wants to do, though, is I think that he wants to captain the boat himself. Mm -hmm. um, unlike Becky Mankin, who needs to have the grand one and a captain and a butler and be waited on hands and foot by white-gloved servers. Or sitting next to you in a, in a sea <laughs> racer. Yeah. <laughs> That's, As yeah. I was singing the Jaws Same theme thing. to you, which I know you <laughs> yeah. totally loved. Yeah, um, it was really magical. Uh -huh. Yeah, I, you know, you can get, you can actually get a driver if you wanted for a pontoon boat and do one of the specialty wishes cruises that run about $250 to, to $300, depending on what you want. But you can rent the pontoon boats, I believe the price is still about $45 for 30 minutes. Um, they fit up to, I, I believe, eight people, six to eight people really comfortably. And they are very simple to drive. Obviously, you need to, you know, use proper judgment when you are doing it. It's not, you're not trying to, uh, to gun it and race other pontoon boats. But it's a nice way to take a very leisurely tour of Bay Lake or Seven Seas Lagoon or wherever one of the other marinas that you take the, the boat out from. Uh, I think, Mark, this is a really, really nice idea. And I think this is probably something that your wife would really enjoy as well. Yeah. And, and like you said, they do have two types of the pontoon boats. They have one that is up to eight people and another one that holds up to 10. And during the daytime, you can captain it yourself. And yes, you can bring a bag lunch on board. Uh, that's your own food during the daytime operations. But at night, if you're doing the specialty cruises, that's when they require you to actually have a driver. And if you wanted to do food and beverage, uh, they actually have a catering line that they ask you to use and won't allow you to bring um, your own food on board at night. So there are both rules for day and night, as I just mentioned. Yeah, and you don't have to be staying at the Contemporary <laughs> to rent the boat. You could be staying anywhere. You don't have to even be staying on property. And you can also rent it from uh, Caribbean Beach, Coronado, Wilderness, Grand Floridian, Old Key I know has it, Polynesian, uh, both the Port Orleans, and actually Fort Wilderness too. So if you're like mm -hmm. doing the Fort Wilderness thing, that's really nice. Any yacht and beach club you could do. And, and I love daytime cruises on uh, Crescent Lake. Those are really cool. Those are really fun because then you can actually see the fairies and not run into them, Mangello. <laughs> <Nice. laughs> uh, David Nicely says, Lou, I've been listening to your podcast for the last three years and have enjoyed them immensely. Thank you. My family and I have used them to plan our past vacations and have always benefited from them. My question is this. We recently adopted a sibling group, so our family has doubled from four 
to eight. It's like Brady Bunch for a new generation. In the past, when we've gone to Walt Disney World with large groups, we've had trouble finding restaurants that would accommodate large parties, eight or nine, even calling at the 180-day mark. So what restaurants would you recommend for being large, family-friendly? They are planning a trip for this year. Keep up the great work. We always appreciate the magic you provide on a weekly basis. Best regards, David Nicely. So... First of all, I love and, and I applaud and I honor respect you for uh, adopting those kids and, and being able to double your family. I, I understand what a great blessing that is to you and your family and for those kids and how it's it becomes a little bit more difficult, a little bit more, you know, a lot more logistics to think about when you're taking four people to Disney World as opposed to taking a, a group of eight. But I think that there are some restaurants, Becky, that really do very well in terms of uh, accommodating large parties. I know for a lot of people, Ohana is where their mind and hearts and usually stomachs go first because <laughs> I have two words for you, unlimited meat. But I think <laughs> another one to think about too, and I, we just did this. We had a group of maybe 60 at Beer Garden in uh, Germany in Epcot. And what's nice too is like Ohana, you don't have to worry about ordering off a menu. It's buffet style. So uh, you can usually get tables that will fit 10 to 12 people on it, too. Oh, yeah. And and once again, on the other side, my hat's off, too, for you extending yourself and and adopting this wonderful sibling group. As an adoptee, hats off to you. I, I love to hear stories like this. Um, many of the restaurants, you can still make reservations through the My Disney Experience for up to 10 people. So you can find those reservations. But as you mentioned, look for the, the restaurants that have easy seating where tables can be put together. Ohana's good. Beer Garden's a great one for that. Um, also, Whispering Canyon does yeah. a good job of, of accommodating groups, as does um, Teppan Edo, of course, because they have oh, 8 to 10 yeah. at those uh, tables as well. But also, the ones that have that are serving family style or the buffets are, are typically much better at accommodating large groups as well. Yeah. So keep a lookout for those types of restaurants, which are going to be the best for those groups of 8 to 10. Yeah, you can even think of places like Trails End, or if you mm -hmm. really want to do something special... Uh, Spirit of Aloha or Hoop de Doo is another place where they can sort of put a, a large uh, group together as well. But yeah, I agree. Uh, Chef Mickey's is another great option mm -hmm. as well. And then you can also, too, depending on the age of the children, sometimes you might have to be split up into two tables of, you know, a four and a six top, whatever it might be, but still possibly try and getting next to each other. Yeah, exactly. And the restaurants are really good about working with you as long as they have the heads up or know that, that those group groups are coming. So you may have to wait a little bit longer if you want the um, tables to be right next to each other, but not that much, honestly. And they're really, really good about working with families. And now I want Teppan. Now I want to go to Hobart. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm in. I'll All add right. it to the list. <laughs> All right. So my pal, as he addresses himself, my pal Griffin Birdsong. Oh, my God. That's like the coolest name ever. Um, my pal Griffin Birdsong. It sounds like somebody, something out of like a, a movie. Um, wow. Hey, yo, Lou. I'm a huge fan and am, need, and am in need of some answers. I've been reading and hearing myself of lots of rumors of a new Disney park or complex. Wait for it. In Northwest Arkansas. He says, it has been <laughs> confirmed that the Disney company has bought acres of land in Benton County, Arkansas. But if it's not a park, 
then what would they be using the land for? Thank you so much. Have a fantastic day. And I wish you and your shows the very best of luck. Your pal, Griffin Birdsong. So, Griffin, I love this email. I clearly, I love your name for so many reasons. But I may have some potentially disappointing news for you and the other residents of Benton County, Arkansas. Um, I, I did as much research as I possibly could after receiving this email. And I think what you may be hearing is what the people in Texas and Missouri and New Jersey and New Orleans and Ottawa and San Diego and every so often uh, these rumors of Disney acquiring land secretly or not so secretly to build the next great theme park or to build the next incarnation of the much lamented unfortunately never built Disney's America um, I have not seen anything if you have something else that that shows confirmation I'd be willing to certainly uh, take a deeper dive and find out what I can but I don't necessarily know that Disney has actually purchased land. Uh, and if so, what would they be using it for? You know, it would be fun to maybe play armchair Imagineer and say, okay, well, is this where Disney's America, which was going to go into that Washington, Virginia area, which would have been amazing. And we just, we need to do a show on it as Becky starts looking on altavista.com to find out what wow. I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> but I don't think, Griffin, that uh, Disney Disney is coming necessarily to Benton County. Well, beyond the, the rumors of, like you said, this type of rumor of things being bought and things coming have been out there for years and years and years. Beyond that, I got nothing. You know <laughs> I what think too? he just picked this one for his name. And I, <laughs> well, I think what happens, too, like if, if you're a realtor that's trying to jump, drum up business or, or housing prices in Benton oh, County, yeah. all you need to say is, you know, I'm just telling you, Disney's coming in, so you better buy this land now. So... It's like the True. old ads in the back of magazines where they sold all the swampland in Florida years ago. Some people got or lucky. Like, they bought, uh, or, they bought or like Orlando. The X-ray glasses. Remember the X-ray glasses in the back of the comic books? Only, you know what? A figure is that's the thing that you would buy. I bought the 98-pound weakling stuff, and it didn't— Wait, wait, it, wait. You yeah. got sea monkeys, didn't you? Yeah, you oh, I totally sea got sea monkeys. monkeys. Oh, my God. Okay. Who didn't have sea monkeys? <laughs> but I bought the 98-pound weakling stuff like five times, and it Did never worked. Really? And then it all kicked in all at once. Around my stomach, like when I turned 40. It's not, it, it is not what I was, it just, right. Yeah. Got to read the fine print on the back of the yeah. packages. All right. So, uh, <laughs> hey, Lou, and possibly Becky. Possibly. Po that's what it oh, says. What these I don't make the news, I just read it. What, what's this possibly? My dad stuff? and I, I love this. My dad and I, which I think is awesome, you enjoy those trips with your father. My dad and I are planning to go to Walt Disney World for my 16th birthday this year. My favorite resort? is Wilderness Lodge, because I fondly remember going with my grandparents six years ago. I've been back since then, but we stayed outside the resorts and only went to Disney's Animal Kingdom and Magic Kingdom. I'm currently saving up for this trip, and it looks like my dad and I are going to be splitting most of the costs. So my question is this. Do you suggest we stay at Wilderness Lodge or one of the value resorts, or maybe even a modern moderate? If we stay at Wilderness Lodge, our trip is going to be shorter, and I'm trying to get the most out of the trip because it's my 16th birthday. We're thinking about staying at one of the value, maybe all-star sports preferably, so we can stay for six days and it wouldn't be so expensive. I want to spend at least three days in the parks and go to all four of them. Thanks for what you do. Your podcasts make, podcasts make me laugh and smile every day. That is the mission, my brother. God bless Isaac Johnson. So, Isaac, a couple of things quick. 
I love the fact that you're going with your dad. Do that for as long as you can, and hopefully you carry that tradition on if and when you have a son. And I think for a, someone who's about to turn 16, this is a very articulate, well-thought-out, well-laid plan. He's like, okay, if I want to maximize my time, let me do the balance. Like, do I stay at a better resort or do I stay for longer? There's part of me, you know, the, the thinking with my heart part says, go to Wilderness Lodge. Let's sort of be your place. Let that be your tradition. Let that be the, the, the memory that you continue to have year after year and take a picture every year in front of the fireplace or whatever it may be and go to Whispering Canyon and eat your faces off. But you also make sense too, like, hey, if we're not going to spend a lot of time in the resort and go into the pool and using the amenities and location doesn't matter, maybe it makes sense to take some of the money that we were going to spend in the resort stay someplace less expensive like All-Star and extend our vacation for a few more days so we get more time and more memories in the park. My inclination is to maybe do that, right? Extend your vacation, have more time together, go over to Wilderness Lodge, like go over there and say, you know what, Dad, let's make sure we eat at Whispering Canyon at least once every trip. So that's kind of your thing. But you have to sort of, you know, think with your heart, think with your head, what is more important to you? where you're going to be staying or how long you're going to stay there. You know what? The funny part is, is I kind of, I agree with you. Um, this is one of those scenarios where my Libra kicks in and I kind of do the same thing you did, kind of go into the heart and the, it'd be so cool to be there and relive that memory. However, that's not your Libra. Look, that's your Sybil. You're and I, wow. That's, that's an Seriously? obscure old reference, but you're <laughs> wow. Oh, you'll pay for that later. All right. Anyway, however, if you look back, didn't you say something that he only went to Animal Kingdom and Magic Kingdom? Correct. When when they went before. So there's still two other experiences that they haven't done yet. So I would lean towards um, spending the maximum amount of time. Go to a value or a moderate so you can spend six days. And then set some new memories with your father. Return, like you said, over to Wilderness Lodge. Take a picture by the fireplace. Go to eat at... Um, at Whispering Canyon or, uh, you know, whatever you want to do to hang out at the resort to, to feel in and breathe in those memories. But start a new tradition and spend time in a couple of the parks that you've never seen before. And you'll still have time to do the other two to relive those memories at, at Animal Kingdom and Magic Kingdom as well. And then somewhere down the line, when you have your own son, your own family, or hopefully before then, Take your dad to uh, Wilderness Lodge down the down the line when the budget can can stretch that a little bit farther. But you would have already started making those memories if you have more time, more access. You're not in a hurry or a rush, and I think it'd be a great way to start new traditions. So I have to admit, I heard nothing after you said tradition because all I've had in my head is Topol singing Fiddler on the Roof, singing tradition, <laughs> if I were a rich man, uh -huh. and that, <laughs> sorry. See, I could do this. I can break in a song. You, oh, of course. Oh, God, how many obscure references? Uh, let's see, we've got Sybil, we've got Topol, no, and we've we don't got, have Sybil. You have you've Sybil. Got, listen, we you, don't have Sybil. You, I'm like, you are just, you could go, you could just really? walk out the door and be like, wow, look, she's dressed as Sybil for Halloween. All right. Really? Um, Rachel from <laughs> nearby my old company. Can't wait till you see your new Halloween costume. Move on. Everyone's going to be going. As, I'm going as Topol. Sweet Lou, what is your new <laughs> Halloween costume? Oh, Becky will tell him later. Go ahead. Where what? are we? 
Wait, what? Tradition. Sorry. Um, <laughs> all right. So Rachel from uh, nearby my old stomping grounds when I used to live in Naples. She is from Fort Myers, Florida. Lou and hopefully Becky. Ah, it's getting see? better. It's <laughs> they're getting better. It's better than that. Possibly. Go ahead. Uh, I just discovered your show and I'm so glad that I did. I am an annual pass holder, but I still can't seem to get enough Disney in between trips. Welcome to the family. I have a question that I'm not sure has been asked yet, but I'm very interested in your thoughts. Like many fans, I grew up hoping that one day I'd get to work at Walt Disney World. That didn't happen, but it still can, Robin, so Rachel, so hold out hope. Um, And now that I am an adult with a job, that's probably in some ways better than an entry-level Disney job. I still wonder what it would be like to work there and what would I do if I did. So my question for you, and Becky, is what do you think would be the best and worst cast member jobs on property? Now, I'm not talking about executive positions or anything like that, but roles that where you would actually be on property, likely to be interacting with guests as part of your job, although backstage jobs can count too as long as they are actually on property. They can be anything from working in attractions, shops, hotels, restaurants, a character, driving the buses, as long as you are working with guests regularly or are somewhere on property, which cast member job would you be over the moon if Disney offered it to you? And which one would you least want? Thanks oh, for reading. Dare take mine. And thanks for such a great <laughs> podcast. Rachel from Fort Myers. Rachel, I've gotten this question for however many years. I love this question. And Becky, to be courteous and gentlemanly, because boys always let the ladies go first. Usually, <laughs> I want you to go first because I want to make sure I don't steal whatever potential tropical thunder you might have. I have one that I've always wanted. It's 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 unfortunately a um, a back in time moment because it no longer exists. But I would have loved to have been part of the dream team. The people who made the wishes during the year of a million dreams. I would have killed to okay not killed i would have wow. <laughs> i would have stolen i would have stolen somebody's chocolate to maybe yours to to be in that role of making magic and surprising people and um you know just creating this magical atmosphere of hey guess what you get to stay in cinderella's castle i would have loved that job of anything on property that would have been my number one so we just go back and forth here because i got a few but that's the one i've always kind of thought that would have been so cool to do you know write down this moment because there's not many times in our lives i'll say becky that that really probably is or or was the ideal look your job was simple and it was to make magic for guests. Like, look, yeah. not to get into a discussion because I've never been a cast member, but every single cast member's job is not your job is to take money. Your job is to be a server. Your job is to, your job is to do one thing, make people happy. The mm-hmm. role you do it in doesn't really matter. That's secondary to that mission that, that every Disney cast member is so heavily ingrained with. And... Your job, your mission statement really was your job. Your job was to go around and make sure people were happy. You were, and Disney does this so well, and, and, I, and I speak a lot about you know, creating an amazing guest experience uh, and using Disney as an example when I give presentations to, to businesses or corporations or, or uh, at conventions. And the fact that Disney empowers 
their cast members to do that on a regular basis. But these Dream Team members were basically given the, the, the uniform and the bag and the empowerment to go out and do what needs to be done to make people happy. And oh, by the way, do these random things where people could win a night in the castle, a lanyard, Mickey ears, a, a free soda, whatever it was. And I think of all the promotions Disney has done, it is the one that I love and, and to a certain degree miss the most. Mm-hmm. And I knew a lot of those cast members and I, and I met a lot of those cast members. And when you, when you meet a cast member at Disney World and you see that look in their eyes when they talk about their role or they tell a story about a guest, these people had that look in their eyes every day. And I still know some of these people, some of whom they, they work now at, at Boardwalk and they're greeting guests and it, they still sort of bleed that. Like it, it's, it's mm-hmm. you know, you can, you can see it in them. So I am with you uh, 110%. I, I would love to, to have had that kind of role. Following along with that, in that sense of, of being empowered, if you were to ask me my ideal role, and, and it could probably change on a day-to-day, on one hand, I'd say, look, I, I'd love to be a tour guide, right? It, it's, it's what I do, right? It's, I, I like making people's experiences better, tearing back the layers of the onion and slowing people down and letting... I don't, want, I don't care about getting you a fast pass. I want you to slow down. I want you to really understand the story and the detail and the love that was put into these parks and why everything is where it is and how everything speaks to all five senses. That being said, and I know this is a really long answer, I would take that same role to a certain degree or that same mission, and I think the people who are custodians are as if not more empowered. And you might say, why do I want to be the guy who's cleaning up after the horses or sweeping the streets? Why? Because those people in the Magic Kingdom who receive uh, so much sort of extra training are empowered to, look, they're the only cast members, save for a few, the only sort of costume cast members that can go from Tomorrowland to Fantasyland to Frontierland because they're, they're wearing all white. Those mm-hmm. are the ones that guests are more likely to go up to with a question. Not the lead who's got the earpiece and a suit, but the custodian, right, who knows that park like the back of his hand, who is potentially, from a, from a psychological perspective, more approachable. So you have the power to make magic in small ways. And I've told the story a million times. The first time I went to Disneyland and I was lost because things weren't where they were supposed to be, and I <laughs> asked the custodian where something was, he picked up his broom and he took me there. And he could have just pointed to it and said, oh, dude, it's that way. Make around, Go around the corner and you'll find it. But he took me there and he talked to me and he asked me about my day and my experience and where I was from. And he wanted to hear my story. And that has remained with me nearly a decade later. So from one end of the spectrum, from, from tour guide to custodial, it's those kind of <clears throat> roles where I could interact with the guests and be empowered to help make their experience better. Wow. Yeah. And I, funny thing, because you kind of went down the path of, of what you already do. I, I had written down four things on what I'd like to do. Dream Team, cast member was one. Of course, I went right to special events planner backstage because, but that's what I do also for a living. But I would love to do it with Disney because then you've got, you know, all of those, that power to make magic again. You can sit down with somebody and figure out what it is that they want 
to create for their magical memory or their 16th birthday or their anniversary or whatever and, and make it happen. So, of course, that's kind of what I already do. But I also wrote down VIP tour guide slash guest relations because empowerment. Um, being able to help people, being able to answer their questions, being able to um, make their trip and stay and where they're trying to go more magical and just having little pieces. It's not, like you said, it's not the the manager with the earpiece. Of course, they do have very important roles of, of making all the cogs work together, but it's the people who have those experiences. One little thing to a family that may not seem like a big thing to anybody else, but is a huge, makes a huge difference to the experience of a family and those guest relations people, those, um, you know, people, the restaurants, those cast members that are custodial, all of those people have that ability. And another one that I wrote down, believe it or not, because I was thinking about attractions, if I had to work an attraction, which would it be? And mine pops up as Haunted Mansion because that's the only place that you can really um, make a huge difference in, not the only one, but one of them where you make a huge difference in your behavior, how they're going to feel about the attraction. I've, I've really had some great cast members there that make me feel spooky and I'm walking into a haunted mansion and it's amazing. And I really love that role. So it's interesting that you said that. And I'm going to be honest, Rachel, I don't like the second part of your question. Because you asked about the worst cast member jobs on property. That's like saying, I can like, it. That's like saying, oh, what's the worst you know, role to be in as an astronaut? Like, you're still working at an amazing company you in Walt Disney World. So mm-hmm. I don't like it because I think... I can answer it. Well, I, and I know, oh, I know you will, but I'm, I, <laughs> I want to touch on something that you said. Sure. I, I think it's a privilege to work for the Disney company. I, I think yeah. it's something that... No matter what role you have, if you leave the company and go elsewhere, a future employer is going to see that on your resume and understand what the, the value of that experience has. That being said, I tried to sort of distance myself personally and say, okay, the, the quote unquote worst cast member job. And I said, all right, obviously, if you're the custodian guy backstage that's cleaning up after, you know, the elephant, maybe that's not the most glamorous job in the world. I actually think that a haunted mansion butler is in now, depending on how you define worst, can potentially be one of the worst jobs. And the reason why is because, Becky, what I want you to do is this summer, I'm gonna give you a really, really heavy, long wool polyester <laughs> maid's outfit and head thing and makeup, and I'm going to stick you out in the middle of the sun for you'll last about seven minutes. Not even that. (laughs) So I think, and I applaud those guys for being able to stay in character as much as they can. And I think it would be a little frustrating because to a certain degree, you know, you are sort of limited in terms of what you can do as a a haunted mansion butler or maid. you know, and, and roles that you would think may like, I think a Jungle Cruise skipper would be awesome, but to a certain degree, you have to stay within the narration. You can't just sort of go, I mean, some <laughs> do, some kind of <laughs> go off on their own, which uh, can make or break it. But um, yeah, I, 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 I feel bad for and I applaud the, the cast members that have those heavy costumes that have mm-hmm. to be out there and those dancers that are work, like those guys work on those parades in the parades. middle of August. So. When I say worst, it's worse in terms of it's difficult, but you can tell they love what they do. So I'm qualifying yeah. my answer. 
it's so true. And I, I get what you're saying there. I was not thinking and I wasn't trying to go down the path of, of, you know, being in the sun and being uncomfortable. I was thinking of, you know, the role in particular. So it's interesting how we go perfectly down the line until we hit that one and we broke apart the other two directions. But on this one, I, I agree with you. There are, it's, it's a magical place and you're privileged to be part of the company in one way or another. But of course it is, it's a job at the end of the day. And a lot of people look at Disney and they, they don't, if, if the cast members are doing their job correctly, we don't think they have real homes or real lives. They just magically go to sleep and wake up <laughs> in the Magic Kingdom and, and they don't you know, do anything but that. But you still do have all of those challenges. Like when you're – I, I had uh, guest relations on my list. Obviously, that can be a difficult role to be in because there are some people who – are a little bit difficult when you're trying to work with with people. They have an expectation of their vacation, and it's it's hard to, um, you know, make magic sometimes. But I think for me, and you already hit on it, so this isn't going to surprise you at all. Anything without shade in the summer would yeah. be my nightmare <laughs> yeah. scenario. Um, maybe not so much in Disneyland because I can handle that a little bit better. But but Disney World, yeah, you, I wouldn't last seven minutes. Is being you being really gracious. What I, I think what I'd like to do is I'd like to see Becky in August be a lifeguard at the kiddie pool somewhere because really? just sort of all the things you're that trying to like, kill me. You are trying to kill me <laughs> for some people. For, for you, that's known as purgatory for some people. You know, and look, and the last thing I want to sort of say on this is when you were talking about it, you're talking about, oh, this job and that job. And I think that's the distinctive and defining word right there, because yeah. the cast members that truly love what they do it's not a job for them art right. and this is and this is the first thing that can art the greeter and if you remember him you know who i mean that yeah. was not his job man he flipping loved standing there in his sailor suit greeting guests at the, the beach club like he i don't think the guy would have cared if he got paid or not he just loved what he did and it wasn't his job it was like his calling and i hate to sound so mm -hmm. philosophical but for some cast members, I think that's what it is. Like they're called to that role and they yeah. love it so much that there is no bad job for them. All right, let, listen, let, let's move on. But I would love to also hear you, the listener. I want to hear your thought. What's the best and worst cast member job in Walt Disney World? Tweet me at Lou Mangiello. Call the voicemail 407-900-9391 and weigh in. And if you are a cast member or former cast member or college program or intern, I'd love to hear your thoughts as well. Uh, next email says, hey, Lou, I am Shane Thrasher. Another awesome name. God. You like, pick these by names. Dude, imagine totally walking into high school. Names. Imagine walking into high school like, uh, okay, um, you know, Shlomo. What's your name? Wow. My name, what's your name? Shane Thrasher. Like, girls will just be like <laughs> freaking out. Shane, I am so jealous. He is from Brownsburg, <laughs> Indiana, ladies. So look him up. I am a big Lou Mangello fan. I'm a big old Shane Thrasher fan. I was lucky enough to get a picture with you in Liberty Square a couple of years ago, smiley face, and I have a he's question. He's probably taller. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> with a name like that, he's got to be taller. So Shane, Th oh, okay, ladies, he's taken. He is sitting here with my wife as we are ordering the exact selections from your review. I love it. <laughs> with Pink Emma from the UK and Holly, our server, one of my favorite live reviews ever. Uh, very anxious to try it all after listening to you all. Loving it. Smiley face again. My question. I'm sure it's a Disney detail, but why do the windows at the pub have a large bubble looking imperfection on the one of the panes of each window? 
I assume it's due to the way glass was made during the time period represented, but I wanted to check with you. Here's a picture. Pretend that you can see a picture here. Thanks, Lou. I truly <laughs> love Walt Disney World and the organization he built and very much appreciate your contribution to such a great man. Would love, in big letters, to work with you someday. No way I could justify why I'd be perfect for the job in this email other than the fact that your name is Shane Thrasher. Uh, so, <laughs> Sounds like a Marvel character, I swear. I think it's so right? it's like a falcon. Um, so Shane, uh, I love the email. I, I dig so much about it, and I love the fact that you are taking the time to look up from your scotch egg and your curry chicken and whatever else that you're eating and or drinking and noticed the the bubble glass. And, and just by way of quick background, you know, the, the sort of that the pub section in the Rose and Crown or, or really represents a lot of different types of architecture, like the, the waterfront pub and the Victorian era pub and the countryside pub. And you're right, the, the, the bubble that you see in the glass goes back to the way flat glass was made in the, the, the 17, even 1800s when they would sort of, um, sort of, I don't know how to say it, but the way they sort of blew the glass and then eventually cut it sort of create that kind of bullseye type window that you can still find in English pubs. And, and the optics on the, the glasses was not perfect because of that. But again, that's one of those Disney details they wouldn't have to put in there. And people probably look and go, why are these, you know, what's wrong with these windows? Like, did Disney cheap out? Why are the shutters hanging the way they are in Liberty Square? Because it's authentic to the time period. It's what you would have found in a pub. And you'll still find in pubs from the 17th and 18th centuries in the United Kingdom. So I applaud you for for pointing it out and picking it out as much as I applaud Disney for having those kinds of of bullseye bubble windows uh, on the exterior glass as well. Yeah. <laughs> it's a pub. I um, It's a but you I just know where the, the alcohol right. You know where the booze is and you don't you're like, "Oh, they have windows?" Yeah, right. Welsh you, Dragon. I'm just I look at the Welsh Dragon. I'm fixed on the green drink. Yeah, it's yeah. cool how they do it, how they sort of blow the glass and they cut the bubble free from the blowing pipe and then lay the rotate. Anyway, all right, let's move on to, but I, Shane Thrasher, I love that question. So I wish I could sort of do like an echo effect when I say his name. All right, um, Lisa from Michigan says, Lou, I just wanted to let you know that I love the show. I've been listening since December and I'm almost all caught up and I have a question for you. My fiance and I, wow, she's almost caught up. Holy smokes. That's a lot of Lou in a short period of time. My fiance and I are going to be honeymooning at the world soon and are staying at Pop Century. We have a 7.35 a.m. ADR at the Cape May Cafe on the 5th. And I was wondering, what's the best way to get over there from Pop Century? We'll be using Magical Express, not renting a car. Please help me. I'm a seasoned vet when it comes to the world, but I've never been to a character breakfast, either not in a park or at Chef Mickey's, and I'm kind of lost. Thank you for your help. Lisa from Michigan, I promise I'll make this answer much shorter than the past ones. Uh, I think you basically have two options. You can take a bus to Epcot, or I would actually probably take a bus to Hollywood Studios and take the nice walk over down the Judson Green walkway and look at the, 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 uh, the nice waterway and the Swan and Dolphin. Or just grab a cab or take an Uber over. Um, otherwise, it, it's there is no direct bus from Pop to um, the Beach Club. Yeah, the taxi ride is only about I want to say twelve dollars or so. It's about a ten minute ride. If you're if you want to sleep in an extra twenty minutes, 
go the taxi route. Or like you said, I wouldn't probably go to Epcot because you can't walk through. You'd have to catch it. I'd go to Hollywood Studios and walk or, or take the, the boat over, which would probably be your best your best bet for that time of morning. Yeah. And that's a nice walk. It it feels kind of like a marathon, yeah. but it's it's a nice walk. It is. All right. So, Becky, we are running longer. Shocker. Then I expected, I'm going to jump around a little bit and uh, I'm going to go to, to the final question of, uh, of this week's email show, because, of course, I want to pose this question to not just you, but to the listeners as well, because I love God, these names are awesome. Gunner Hayes. Like, again, you walk into high school. What's your name? Gunner. That's okay, like wait. Blaze, whoa, whoa, whoa. Gunner, so here's, Shane Thrasher. Here's the <laughs> thing: if you take all of the names in this one, you could like create a, a little Fantastic Four. Oh my God, <laughs> it is. It's like a, the expanded Marvel universe in here. Yes. All right. So Gunner says, "Hey Lou, thank you for all the great work that you do as a college student. Athlete life can get pretty stressful at times, but imagining and thinking about Walt Disney World is always a calming outlet for even a 20 year old male like myself." Your podcasts and videos allow me to put it as you say, sit back, relax, and enjoy. And I don't know when my next Disney vacation will be, but my question involves our favorite topic. You know what it is, ladies and gentlemen. It's food. Food. Here you go, baby. You ready? Ready? Think, Think on this. If you could pick just one food item from each of the four parks, what would it be? P.S., he says... You can take popcorn out of contention, as you did in your Disney's (laughs) Hollywood Studios video. And how about taking out the Mickey Premium Ice Cream Bar as well, for argument's sake, since it's such an easy answer. Thanks again. Keep up the good work, and God bless you too, brother. Gunner Hayes. All right. Now. Oh, wait. Okay. Does the Grandma need slushy and the horchata at La Cava count? He says (laughs) one food item. From each of the four parks. And oh, I'm food. going first because uh, I know okay. otherwise you're going to steal the one that I introduced you to. Oh. I know. But listen, oh. listen, because, oh. yeah, I'm going to start a Magic Kingdom. There you go. Right. And, and obviously right. I would have said popcorn because it's sort of my thing. It's, right. it's what I love. Right. But and, and this changes, you know, every so often. But right now, as of the day we are recording this in 2015 A.D. in the year of our Lord, if you tell me mac and cheese, one food item from that park, oh, oh you know where I'm going, Big Mama. Pot yeah. roast mac and cheese from the Friar's Nook. Let let yeah, that that's... sink in for a sec. That is rich, <laughs> creamy, moist, meaty, hearty, warm your innards, comfort food deliciousness at zero calories. And z- just shut up, that's <laughs> calorie schmalories. <laughs> Just let that sink in for a second. Pot roast, mac and cheese. And you're like, oh, it's counter service. It's in the parks. It's going to be like tough and lame and be like art. Oh, no. Oh, no, no. The pot roast falls apart, right? It's moist. It's del- Come closer. Listen. It's moist. It's delicious. The, 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 that and there's the, the saltiness and the, the savoriness Mixed with the creamy richness of the cheese is amazing. There are now, three more parts. <laughs> there's also, I know, there's also, they have truffle mac and cheese hot dog. And the bacon mm-hmm. cheeseburger mac and cheese is okay. The mac and cheese with the toasted panko breadcrumbs, that's pretty darn awesome too. They have hot dogs, but don't waste your time with that. Pot roast mac and cheese. 
eight dollars. I'm. It'll change your life. It'll change. Yeah. And if you go to listen, if you're listening and you go to Magic Kingdom and you try it, please, I'm begging you, tweet me a photo of you. Do a selfie, you and your pot roast mac and cheese. Tweet me at Lou Mangiello or post it on my Facebook page at facebook.com slash Lou Mangiello or facebook.com slash WW Radio. I, I love it with all of my heart and stomach. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I... Uh, sadly, I 100% agree with you on that because when you said I, I think we were meeting up for something and and you go you're we're trying to catch up to each other and you tweeted me and said I'm having this pot roast mac and cheese I'm like what where is that and then you didn't share so go figure so that must be really really good stuff and yeah later on that trip I did stop to see what all the thing was about and I, every time I've been in Magic Kingdom now I've gone for the stupid mac and cheese right pot roast because it's so good but all right I'm I will take a different take on it though. Because I'm going to go, you went for the savory, I'm going to go for the sweet. Shocker. Just, just because it's me. Sweet and happy and, you know. <laughs> the gray stuff. Oy. The, I know, but it's in a chocolate cupcake and the gray stuff is, yes, it's delicious at Be Our Guest Restaurant. So for the, if I could only eat one thing and it couldn't be the pot rolls mac and cheese, I'm going to go for the gray stuff because I, again... Lots of sweetness here that you know needs to be upheld. Okay, I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you the great okay. stuff. I probably would have gone elsewhere for my sweetness, but that's okay. Where? I don't know. I might have actually gone over to the Big Top because they've got some really, really? Nice sweet. Yeah. No. Oh, they do. No, wait. What? Go like around Thanksgiving time, and get the pumpkin fudge from the confectionery. <gasps> oh, that was Ay, good. Dios mío. Yeah. Sweet, fancy Moses. That's good stuff. All right, let's go over to Epcot, and I will let you go first because I can't. I there's nowhere I can go from this. Well, actually, that's not true. There's some really good stuff that I like. Well, I, there, there's two things I got to throw in here because you know I can't just say one because I can't. But if if I was going to drink my food, the grandma needs slushy, of course. However, you and <laughs> this is your fault again. Why? Why is it everything I eat is your fault? <laughs> it's I do love the horchata at La Cava. With, of course, the big thing of chips and the guacamole. Yeah. That's just sitting there and dipping the chip in the guacamole and eating the horchata. I mean, that's, that's heaven to me. I, <laughs> I could sit there and do that all day. It's that good. Um, however, I also, over at the bakery in France, I love their chocolate croissant. <laughs> I know, chocolate. I got, I'm going to the sweet again, but I... How about this? Almost anything in the bakery in France. Yeah, which of I was going to say. I can't pronounce the name for the life of me. <laughs> you could probably do it. Yeah. Okay. Do it in your best French accent. I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to offend, offend the French with my bad yeah, I'm going to say bakery in France because I definitely would. But I could just see you going, oh, and throwing in some, you know, French thing there. But for Epcot, I think those are the, those are the two. And, and yes, even though you don't actually eat the horchata, um, and if you don't know what a horchata is, you're referring to a horchata margarita, which you can get at La Cava de Tequila. And it's tequila and horchata rum and fireball and agave. And uh, it's, I don't even know how to describe it. I hate it. you and love you at the same time for introducing me to that. Because uh, <laughs> horchata, ha, it, it's sort of this. Um, it's got the flavor of sort of, of, of almonds and and. Sesame seeds, and it's it's a it's a Latin American 
type of drink. Uh, also has like rice and vanilla and cinnamon. And oh, when you start to mix in rum and fireball and tequila, it just makes it even more magical, if it's at all possible. Um, <laughs> So in Epcot, I, I too, had a, a tough time deciding. Um, so I will give you a sweet and I'll give you a savory. And I don't know if it was the sleep deprivation and the exhaustion from cheering at the marathon last year. But the first time that someone brought me, and I can't call it a cronut, but the croissant the croissant oh. donut. Holy castle, a grayskull, my God. <laughs> Good Gandhi, that was good. It's imagine like a donut, like layered and flaky with cinnamon. Sh- oh, it's just that with a nice cup of iced coffee. Come on, brother. Like you, you come on, give me a hug. You know how good that is. That being said, if I had to go to Epcot and go to one place and eat one thing as like my, this wouldn't be my death row meal, but if like, Lou, you're going to croak tomorrow, like where do you go? I'm going to go. To the Tuto Gusto wine bar. Oh, and yeah. And I'm going to have it. one of the Gusto plates, right? With the prosciutto <clears throat> and the, the salami and the, the, the pork sausage and the ham and the mozzarella and the cheese. I knew you were going to do the whole mozzarella. Oh, it's like, it's like Gianna <laughs> de Laurentiis, mozzarella. You have to add like mozzarella. seven more syllables into it. All I can hear is Tony saying, mozzarella. Yeah, but you, right? You get the, like, the, the, the cured meats and the fresh cheeses and a nice piece of bread with olive oil on a glass of red wine. Come on, brother. It does yeah, not get much better good. than that. I'll give you that one. That's right. pretty good. So, <laughs> oh my God, wow. I'm so hungry right so now. so hungry. <laughs> I need to put a disclaimer at the front of these shows. Be like, don't listen hungry. All right, quickly, go over to Hollywood Studios and then Animal Kingdom. Oh my gosh. All right. Hollywood Studios. Uh, uh, again, to the suite, there are any, any cupcake at Starring Rolls. Seriously. And you know that I love the Butterfinger cupcake. I do. But remember when we did that, the cupcake tasting? <laughs> oh, yeah. Not I too remember. long ago. There was one cupcake that I dare say it outdid the Butterfinger cupcake. Can I remember what it is? <laughs> no. <laughs> but well, there was a we couple. Back, there was. If you if but you look back, we did the, the top five cupcakes at Disney's Hollywood Studios. Yeah. It's a video. Go to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash WRadio. You can find it there. Um, there was that that the lemon blueberry cupcake. There was a special sure edition cupcake. There Definitely was the, the dark chocolate peanut butter cupcake. Uh, that may have been it. No. Keep going. <laughs> that was like six I mentioned right there. Um, all right. So yeah. I'm going to I'm going to do exactly the opposite because I will tell you what and I've said this on a show and I think we did a video about it too I think my favorite place to eat and dare I say I think this was the title of the episode the best restaurant in a Walt Disney World theme park that you've probably never eaten at the Brown Derby Lounge mm-hmm. outside the Brown where you don't need a reservation it opens up at noon not only can you order anything off the inside menu including the Cobb salad but I will tell you you order those derby sliders with the wagyu beef and the cognac mustard aioli and the bacon and the avocado and the chipotle vegetable slaw and the sweet onions and the, the le- oh my it'll change your life forever never had it well then there's a bar there so now <laughs> you've got your in to go all right awesome. last but not least Lay it on me, sister. Disney's Animal Kingdom, the place I know you love to visit during the summer. My favorite. 
Yeah, honestly, um, this I, this one's tough because oh, I'm. All right, when you're around the animals, the last I don't eat a lot around the Animal Kingdom. <laughs> it's, it's just a weird thing. Um, but of course, I, I'm gonna t- I'm gonna take a, a left hand turn really quickly and just pop over to the closest thing, which is Animal Kingdom Lodge. No, 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 no. Let me say this. No, let me say this. What? I'm in so much trouble right now. Good. But over there, they do have the zebra drones. But what they do have is the adult version of the jungle juice, which is pog with pineapple, orange, and guava. And then whatever magical adult thing that they put in there, which is so awesome, and they serve it in concierge. It's awesome. I'm just saying. There's so okay. much wrong with your ed- kids. For those kids who are listening, <laughs> or if you're under 21 or don't like to drink, and none of Becky's... Uh, pog, right. You can have pog without the adult portion okay, pineapple you're supposed, to, you're supposed to be inside so what <clears throat> I, i'll right. help you right what you should Please. say is lou i love and i agree with you that the yak and yeti <laughs> counter service has some uh, of the know. best counter service restaurant food in the parks listen my go-to meal i don't even look at the menu mm-hmm. anymore you get a side order of two egg rolls and a thing of chicken fried rice you sit in the back by the fountains with the oh it's beautiful it's perfect you get a nice cup of tea from the little however you ready? Mm-hmm. I think. <laughs> you got to go see Mr. Kamal. What? And see, you have no... I love the fact <laughs> that you have no idea what in God's green earth and Animal Kingdom's green earth I that's, am talking about. That's half you the time know, that you're talking. <laughs> you know to, you need, what you need to do is go to oh? Disney's Animal Kingdom and head Somebody on over to, to Asia. Right? Head on okay. over to the Asia section and... Not not like right, sort of like across the street, across the walkway, across the beautifully adorned lush pathway from Flights of Wonder is Mr. Kamal's kiosk. One of the oh so many wonderfully, incredibly themed and detailed story driven kiosks in Animal Kingdom, especially in Asia. And Mr. Kamal's kiosk sells samosas. Now, quick step back for Becky, who doesn't know what a samosa is. It's a little fried pastry thing that has a very, very delectable and delicious savory filling. Usually, and and these have like spiced potatoes, onions, peas, and usually it has like ground meat, like uh, ground meat or ground chicken or ground lamb, whatever it may be. Um, I think the ones here are only just peas and potatoes, but they serve it with a side of mango chutney. Right, so you've got this deliciously savory, warm, fried, and look, it's healthy. It's got vegetables inside, and this not so sweet, but but kind of sweet mango chutney that uh, adds another sort of layer of flavor. If you're looking for a nice shareable, not that I share, I think it comes with like five samosas in there. They are not, and one thing I like too, um, especially for like they weren't greasy at all, right? It fits into the story of Asia and, and India and this whole. They are phenomenal. They got a little sort of hint of, like, like a, a spice, a chili, a curry to it, but not so much. And it's offset so well by the mango chutney. You get that, 
and a little thing, a little cup of like iced tea maybe from the tea place across. Oh, that. And then you sit by the water. Forget about it, kids. Wow. All right. That's that sounds like something that you got to try once. I can clearly, <laughs> clearly, I get I listen, I get You're very excited when I talk peace. about food. And I look, I, I love the whole Anandapur village. Oh, that's it. It's the Royal Anandapur Tea Company. I love the, the theming there. So you get your tea from there, you go see Mr. Kamal. Not that Mr. Kamal actually works there, but you get the samosas and then you sit you go behind the frozen coke place. There's two or three little tables down there by the water. It's beautiful and relaxing. And you take your time and you enjoy your two-day tour of Disney's Animal Kingdom the way it should be. You know what else I like, too, though? I I do like Yak and Yeti. And you don't have to have a reservation there. You can just, I know, belly up to the bar that I like so much. (sighs) That is the go-to location, the lounge, because you don't have to have a reservation. And you can still get the stuff off the menu. But um, I was trying to remember what it was. But I uh, was it um, it's a it's chicken like a honey chicken <laughs> what no, what are you man. laughing at me for I remember it was good be nice to me <laughs> it's, uh, it, there's, there's actually there's a honey chicken and there's also like yes. a sweet and sour chicken okay I'm talking about the honey well I wouldn't do a sweet and sour you know me better than that um, so it must have been the honey chicken but that was really really good there and I do enjoy stopping for a beverage at Yak and Yeti so there <laughs> well, you actually but not to can't... be outdone right what? Go ahead. I was going to say, I'm just going to hop just for the fun of it because I happen to be in this time zone right now. The Disneyland Corn Dog and the California Adventure Anything in a Cone. Yeah. I, I, just, listen, I, just, don't I just had to throw. Do you really want to start bringing me down that road? Do you want me to start talking about <laughs> Disney's uh, Disney California Adventure? Next thing you know, I'll be on Disney Cruise Line. It, listen. Let, let's stop this. No, Chocolate sh- souffle. Let's stop this. <gasps> Cheese service at Remy. Focus, woman. <laughs> Focus, because the question I have for you, the listener, who is probably incredibly starving and or mad at me right now, I want you to answer, Gunner Hayes, question. Pick one food item in each of the four parks as your favorite. You can either tweet me, at Lou Mangiello. Better yet, come to www.radio.com. Click on the podcast link. Go to this week's podcast. And you'll see that you have a, you can scroll down and leave comments. I'd love for you guys to leave your comments there. Keep the conversation going. I will teach Becky how to go to www.radio.com so she can also participate <laughs> as well and go, oh, my God, I've never had a Mickey bar. Oh, my God, I've never had this before because they don't serve it at the bar. But I want to hear from you and maybe even introduce me to something, dare I say, that I have not tried before. Wow. And listen, <laughs> if a lot of these things are new to you, then clearly you need to go back to Walt Disney World pronto. Go to your boss, tell him you have to take an emergency trip, and then go to mousefantravel.com, and they will help get you booked, whether you go into All-Star, to Grand Floridian, Animal Kingdom Lodge, anywhere in between. Becky and her team of agents will help you out. They'll get you the best possible prices. They'll help you get from point A to point B, and partake in the culinary adventures that you need to undertake oh so very soon and at no so additional fee no charges for our services which means just more want to make money sure that for that's... you to spend on food that's exactly the, that's the important part <laughs> now i'm so hungry it's more, i am famished <clears throat> yeah we need to start making dining reservations now like i am so now <laughs> I, no, I like just going up. See, I'm more of a. I like to graze. I, I do. I like to sort yeah, of graze. Yeah, I'm um, 
I'm gonna sort of walk up and like, oh, let's see what Trilobites has on the menu. Did you ever have <gasps> the baked? Bites. Did you ever have the baked apple blossom? Wait, what? Oh, Where? wait, what? Where? <laughs> what? <laughs> where, the, where the heck is that? Ah, you don't even know what trilobites is, do you? You have no uh, clue. Well, so you said bites, and I immediately went to corn dog bites at Casey's. No, 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 no. I love those little corn bo- dog bites at Casey's. No, and you get the little green honey ginseng <gasps> tea, or a nice little oolong tea from Royal Anandapur, and you sit by the water. Oh, my God. Jasmine Rice. Just Jasmine Just Rice. Forget it. Forget it. I gotta go. Right I gotta, Great stuff. I gotta go. Where's my yoga pants? I gotta look at something. <laughs> Becky Mankin. Always yeah. like a box of chocolates. It's always interesting. I was coconut today. <laughs> you were you were you were you're not quite up to like dark chocolate toffee. You're like You're like a milk chocolate covered peanut today. <laughs> I don't know where that is on the scale, but I I, dare I ask? I, I'm going to leave that alone. I'm going to totally leave that alone for right now. I'm, right more, now. Of a, I'm more of a dark chocolate guy. I'm a if anybody guy. feels like sending me food, just, just Casey, you, you get the almond joy. I get the mounds. I'm just no. Saying. You listen. You're the nut in the in the group. You. Whoa, 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 whoa! Wait, what? No. Almond no. joy's got nuts. Mounds don't. I know. Because a co- coconut. Sometimes you feel like a nut. But Mounds has dark the chocolate. Only, enjoy, the, only thing, the only thing that goes in chocolate is either coconut or caramel. I don't like fruit with my chocolate. Fruit chocolate don't mix. You could flitter and flutter to the Isle of Springs. To that emerald green garden and do wonderful things. If you had wings, if you for our Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week, where I invite you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World history or see how well you pay attention to the details in what you see and sometimes even in what you hear. If you think you know the answer, you can enter for a chance to win a Disney prize package. Before we get to this week's question, let's go back, review last week's, and select our winner. So last week's question was about the details in what you see, really on attractions that you've probably ridden over and over again, but maybe didn't see all the details. Because your question was simply to tell me, on what two Walt Disney World attractions will you find a man in a bathtub? And again, thanks to the hundreds of you who entered and got this one correct, they are, of course, Big Thunder Mountain Railroad, which you could also see from the Walt Disney World Railroad, so I would have accepted that too, of where you can spot Cousin Elrod in his full-length pinkish, reddish undergarments, He's one of the last inhabitants of Tubbleweed, decides to sit back, relax, and take a bath. And, of course, Walt Disney's Carousel of Progress, where we could see Orville. He went from cousin to uncle Orville, uh, with no privacy at all around this place, taking a bath as well. I took all the correct entries that emailed their answers in, randomly selected one. Once again, you were playing for all six of my virtual audio walking tours of the parks copy of my 102 Ways to Save Money for that Walt Disney World book, and I pulled something 
from my Disney collection, which, by the way, I am currently purging on eBay. If you visit wdwradio.com slash eBay, you can see new items every week that start and stop on Sunday nights. But I digress. So last week's randomly selected winner is Emily Deegan. So Emily, congratulations. Please email me your address. I will send out your prize package. If you played last week and didn't win, that's okay, because here's your next chance to enter in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. So I recently spent a lot of time in Tomorrowland in the Magic Kingdom as I am getting ready to complete and release the final piece of the puzzle in my audio tour of Walt Disney World series, which is, of course, Tomorrowland. And that prompted me to come up with this week's trivia question, which is this. Tell me what two companies once sponsored the Tomorrowland Speedway. You have until Sunday, February 8th at 11.59 p.m., to email your answer to contest at www.radio.com. You are again playing for all the audio tours, the 102 Ways book, and yes, something else from my personal eBay collection. So good luck and have fun. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you again so very much for taking the time to tune in You give me the greatest, most precious gift that you have, which is your time. And I am very, very grateful for that. I also want to say thanks to everybody who has rated and reviewed my 102 Ways to Save Money for an at Walt Disney World book on Amazon.com, including Noelle, Steve, Suzanne, and Shelly, who felt that she needed to order two copies. To find out more and order, you can visit Disney102.com. Also, don't forget that in addition to the podcast, which you can subscribe to on iTunes. Please join me every Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern for WDWRadioLive.com. We'll spend 10, 15 minutes where you can watch and chat with me in the text chat room about this week's Walt Disney World news and then stay on for about an hour later. Talk about anything that you like and ask me anything in the lightning round. Also visit the website for our blog, contest, photo galleries, discussion forums, free email newsletter, the WDW Radio free app for your iPhone and Android device and lots more. If you have a question you want answered on the show, you can email me at lou at wdwradio.com or if you want to be heard on the air, call the voicemail at 407-900-9391 or click on the Leave Lou a Voicemail button on the wdwradio.com website. Please also follow me on Twitter. I am at Lou Mangiello. If you want to follow my personal stuff on Facebook, it's facebook.com slash Lou Mangiello and be part of the conversation by visiting facebook.com slash WDW Radio. Please come by, like the page there as well. And I have said this for the past 10 years and it still holds true more than ever. As much as I love connecting with you guys, guys online, I believe that nothing beats a handshake and a hug and that is why I do events every month, sometimes more than once a month, including Meet of the Month in Walt Disney World. Our next meetup is actually going to be this weekend for the 8th anniversary party. Look for upcoming meets in Walt Disney World by visiting the events page at www.radio.com. I also do events on the road. I travel a lot to speak at conferences and schools or to consult with businesses. And when I do, I usually like to try and do a meetup on the road somewhere. Have a lot of those coming up very, very soon this summer. You can visit lumangelo.com to find out where those are going to be. And also, if you want to have me come to speak at your conference to the kids at your school or to consult with you, or your business about how to build your brand and business, maybe start a podcast of your own, again, visit loumangelo.com. 
Thanks again to Becky from Mouse Fan Travel. You can visit them over at mousefantravel.com. And if you want to get a little bit of Disney magic delivered right to your door, visit celebrationspress.com to order Celebrations Magazine. And as always, my friends, and you are my friends, whether we have met yet or not, I promise you that. All I ask is that if you like the show, please help spread the word. Tweet out that you're listening. Ask me questions on Twitter or Facebook and comment and share links there as well. And please, if you can, take two minutes, go to iTunes and rate and review the show there. We have more than 930 reviews. Love to get to 1,000 five-star reviews. I want to thank recent reviewers like TBB95, Carrie, and Scuba Guy. And if you want a direct link and instructions on how to write, rate and review the show, you can visit www.radio.com slash iTunes. And finally, and most importantly, I am grateful beyond words to you for taking the time to listen every week and give me some of your time and such wonderful feedback and come to events. You have no idea how much it means to me because you empower me to do what I love and share it with you each and every week in so many different ways. And I want you to do the same thing, right? So, so don't worry about trying to do it all in one fell swoop, right? You do need to keep moving forward, but one step and one little win and one thing you focus on at a time, and I promise you, you can and will get there too. And if there's some way I can help you, please let me know. In the meantime, I hope you guys have a fantastic week this week. Oh, big thanks to everybody who has been so far a charter member of WDW Radio Nation. Really, really appreciate that. Got some exciting things coming up for that. To find out more, visit www.radio.com support. That's it for me. I'll see you next week. Have a fantastic week, everybody. See ya. Hi, hello. This is Ron Havens calling you from Smiths Grove, Kentucky. Just got a couple of comments in regards to your uh, what movies should be attractions. Uh, I wanted to elaborate on your Wreck-It Ralph. I think Wreck-It Ralph should be a three-pronged attraction. The first one should be Sugar Rush which would appeal to as a racing game, uh, but mostly has a female or, or young girl uh, appeal to it. The next one should be the uh, the bug game. I uh, can't remember the name of the game, and uh, but the one that uh, where Ralph got his medal, that should be the second one. And the third prong one should be the actual Wreck-It Ralph game with Fix-It Felix. That it should be three prongs so that they could take your choice of going one or all three, and then when you rewrote it. The other uh, movie that should be an attraction that's not is Jungle Book. Uh, I think it should be a walkthrough attraction that has sets that kind of puts you in the place of Mowgli, and it guides you through Mowgli's journey and kind of retells the story as you go along. Uh, those are my comments on it. Uh, thanks for uh, the show, and appreciate everything you do. Have a magical day. Hello, Lou Mangiello. It's Darlene Nagy from West Seneca, New York. I am calling in to tell all the WDW Radio Disney Wonder Cruisers and box people that everything is going well with my husband. He's slowly getting better. Um, it's going to take a while, but I'm hoping everything's going to go smoothly. Um, and today we are now four months away from the Disney Wonder Alaska cruise with the WDW Radio Group. And it is going to be a bucket cruise as we've never thought of before. I'm looking forward to booking our excursions and our dining at Palo. And thank you very much for everybody that was saying prayers for my hubby, Keith, and please
continues if you can still continue them so he can heal up and be ready to go. Um, thank you again. Love you all. And see you real soon. It's only four months. It's going to go quick. Bye. You've got a friend in me. Yeah. No privacy at all around this place. Sorry, Orville.